All right, Anthony on Air podcast. This is an episode we've been waiting to do for quite some time now. The day that this 2016 deposition given by Ghislaine Maxwell would be unsealed. It has come. We have the document. You can actually see it for yourself at anthonyonair.com. So head on over there and download it right now. There's also a link in the description of the show notes of this episode. We encourage you to see for yourself what is there. But there's there's 400 some odd pages. So there's a lot to get to. Uh, Ghislaine's pay, massages, rage, redacted names. We're going to get to as much of this as we possibly can. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't all fit it into this episode. So make sure you're subscribed to us wherever you prefer to watch or listen. Visually on Facebook or YouTube, subscribe to our channel. Go over the bell, get notifications so you don't miss out. Same thing on Facebook. Get the likes. Make sure you see us first as you hover over the like button. Or if we're on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever you listen to, make sure you're subscribed. Share this so it word gets out. That is tremendously important to us. Uh, let's get into what we know about Ghislaine Maxwell. I also have to mention that our episode is brought to you by our good pals over at Hero Soap Company. More on them in a moment. So let's start with the pay. We know that Ghislaine Maxwell was paid by Jeffrey Epstein six figures for working for him. Um, I will say, too, there is a lot of contradictory information in this dump, in this document dump, and there's a lot of deniability from Ghislaine Maxwell. There's a lot of playing stupid. There's a lot of denying or saying she doesn't know or doesn't recall. You're going to notice that as a theme as we roll through some of this in, uh, some of this information. So uh, she was asked what her position was with Jeffrey Epstein. She denied calling herself his girlfriend. She says, and I quote here, I was consulting and what I did was I helped with decorating houses and in hiring staff to help run those houses. She said she was also responsible for scouting masseuses to give Epstein rubdowns, but denied they were for sexual reasons. In the course and a very small part of my job, was from time to time to find adult professional massage therapists for Jeffrey. She admitted that she was paid somewhere between $100,000 and $200,000 for her work with Epstein. Uh, Epstein also gifted Maxwell Carl cars in the early 2000s, though she said she couldn't recall other details. He also bought her a townhouse as part of a, quote, loan deal that she said she repaid. It's not clear from the deposition if the hundred to two hundred thousand dollars was an annual salary, that's my guess. That's what I get from it, but it's not specifically stated. But I would guess that's kind of what it was. She said around two thousand and two or two thousand and three, her work with Jeffrey Epstein lessened, though she was still helping him in a very nominal way until two thousand and eight or two thousand and nine, right around the same time that his conviction came through. Um. She said that her father, Robert, did not know Epstein or introduce the pair. In the deposition, uh, Virginia Roberts Jeffries lawyer Sigrid McCauley said, and did Jeffrey know your father? Her response was no. How are you introduced to Jeffrey? McCauley continued. Maxwell responded by saying some friends introduced us in 1991. So this is a direct contradiction to some recent reports that we have that we talked about in previous episodes check out our playlist on YouTube of all of our uh, Ghislaine Maxwell episodes. Uh, we'll put a link in the description 
and uh, up in the cards on YouTube. Um, we know this from reports that that's, that's not true, that uh, Epstein and her father did know each other. And of course, there was one report saying it went as far as to say that Epstein, um, Maxwell's father was bankrolling Epstein for quite a while. So um, that is, that's that information right there. Um, Maxwell also squirmed when probed about her sex life during the seven hour grilling. She was asked, did you have a basket of sex toys that you kept in the Palm Beach house? The question was followed by several objections from Maxwell's lawyer with Macaulay repeatedly rephrasing the question. You have to define what you are talking about, Maxwell answered at one point. Uh, Sigrid responded, a sex toy meaning a vibrator of some kind. Sometimes they're called dildos of that nature. Anything like that, the lawyer asked. The British socialite said, I don't recall, I don't recollect anything that would formerly be a dildo, anything like that. Macaulay followed up, how would you describe sex toys? Maxwell answered, I wouldn't describe sex toys. So, you know, little little games, like, you know, not answering the questions. Like, I mean, you're an adult. Everybody, you may not have used a toy, but you've certainly seen one or am aware of what it is. You can describe it. If I showed you a picture of something, you could say, oh, that's a dildo, you know. Uh, but she's playing, you know, she's playing cat and mouse games in the... Um, in the uh, deposition, those games continued. Macaulay grilled Maxwell on whether or not she took nude photos of Epstein's alleged underage victims. She answered by saying it was possible she took pictures of people that were somehow semi or had some clothing on or no clothes on at all, but claimed that at no time were there any of these pictures remotely inappropriate. In fact, she insisted that the photos that she took were, quote, family-friendly. She said the types of, first I took very few, and they were always by request. This was a picture you could put on your gift to your parent or to your grandparents to put on their mantelpiece. It would be a very benign sort of attractive picture where you wouldn't see anything. So that's what she said about the photographs. And again, we've talked about this before that she long took a lot of photographs of uh, the girls and people that were in and around the uh, Epstein Association. Um, let me see here. I just, there's so many notes on the 465 pages that, that we've gone through here that I want to make sure that I'm not missing uh, anything here. Uh, in one disturbing point in the deposition, Maxwell was asked whether she was aware that Epstein had sexual contact with a victim who was only 13 years old. Maxwell's response was, I would be very shocked and surprised if that were true, end quote. Maxwell was questioned about the alleged 14-year-old victim, and she said, first of all, I couldn't tell you how old she was. She didn't look like a child. Leave it at that. She also denied she'd arranged a, for a visa for a third victim to come into the country. But when asked if Epstein had arranged for the visa, Maxwell replied, quote, I don't know what Jeffrey did. I cannot testify what Jeffrey did. Later, Maxwell was asked again, did you provide any assistance with obtaining visas for foreign girls that were under the age of 18? And Maxwell responded, quote, I've never participated in helping people of any age to get visas. 
Um, she says in the deposition, Maxwell, that she started working for Epstein at some point in 1992 and she stopped any significant work in 2008 and 2009. As we said before, she was hired to decorate and staff his six homes, supply them with cooks, cleaners, gardeners, pilots, pool attendants, butlers, chauffeurs, and housekeepers. Um, she says that she met uh, Epstein when they were introduced by friends. We talked about that. She says, quote, I'm a very loyal person, and Jeffrey was very good to me when my father passed away. And I believe that you need to be a good friend in people's hour of need. And I felt that it was very thoughtful, nice thing for me to do, to help in very limited fashion, which was helping if he had any issues with his homes in terms of staffing issues. It was very, very minor, but I felt it was thoughtful in somebody's hour of need. Many times Epstein's victims, including Virginia Roberts Jeffrey, have accused Maxwell of acting as Epstein's main recruiter, picking up underage girls for him in Central Park, Paris, and even at Mar-a-Lago. Jeffrey uh, said that Maxwell approached her for a massage when she worked there and was only 16. Jeffrey also claimed that Maxwell trained her on how to recruit other underage girls to give massages and that older women participated in sexual activities with her and Epstein. Um, Maxwell said, I never at any single time at any point ever at all participated in anything with Virginia and Jeffrey. And for the record, she is an absolute total liar and you know all she lied on multiple things and that is just one other disgusting thing. Maxwell testified under oath that she never hired anyone under the age of 18 to work for Epstein, never gave Epstein a massage with an underage girl and never saw Epstein receiving a massage from an underage girl. She says, quote, when I was there at the time I was present, the people that gave Jeffrey men and women who gave Jeffrey massages were adults over the age of 18. She also testified that she never saw underage girls on Epstein's private Caribbean Island, where Jeffrey said she participated in a group orgy at 18 with Epstein and close pal Prince Andrew. At another point, Maxwell refused to answer whether she believed Epstein sexually abused minors. Instead, she merely replied, I can say with certitude that everything Virginia said was a lie. There is so much more, but I have to pause to tell you guys about Hero Soap Company. They are the sponsor of our podcast. They help us put the podcast on, so please support them by purchasing a bar of soap. When you do, they send a bar of soap to the troops. And a part of the proceeds from their soaps go to help uh, veterans build homes for when they come back for their service. They're a truly incredibly company, uh, a truly incredible company. And besides just being a, a world-class company, they actually make a hell of a good bar of soap. I know that may not be important to a lot of people, but having a good bar of soap is super important with no parabens or chemicals or weird things that you don't want to be putting on your body. These are 100% freshly made you could actually eat them, they say. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, but all the ingredients are natural. They wouldn't harm your body. Try and take a, a bite out of one of these natural brands uh, bars. So you'd be in a lot of trouble. So don't do either of those things. Just go with a really good bar of soap that cleans very well and also smells fantastic. I always say part of the appeal of Hero Soap is that when you put it in your bathroom, it makes your entire bathroom smell amazing. It's so fragrant because it's natural, real ingredients. 
You can save 20% off on a subscription right now if you use the promo code Anthony. Click the banner on our website on the homepage of anthonyonair.com or in the description of this podcast and you'll be helping us support uh, the uh, podcast here and of course our great men and women who fight for our freedoms. So any purchase you make, we truly appreciate. And uh, by the way, the feedback from all the listeners right now of the pod, they're absolutely loving it. Everybody that has wrote me about their purchase for Hero Soap Company has nothing but great words to say, and that makes me happy. If I could turn you guys on to an awesome product and we can help fund the podcast, that's the win-win that I always look for. I'll never take a dime from anybody if it's not going to be for the betterment of you guys or you're going to come across a great product. So uh, know that for the future for sure. Uh, and of course, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. We have a lot of people that watch our videos on YouTube and Facebook um, or listen to the episodes and, and they don't subscribe. Subscribing is important so you never miss out on things that we'll uh, discuss in the future. Uh, still to come, at one point, Ghislaine goes into an absolute rager in the middle of this deposition, so we'll get into that. And uh, of course, we'll talk about some of the names that were redacted that we know of that have been reported. I myself haven't been able to unredact the names, but uh, we do have a couple of articles that we'll reference to get you that information. All right, so back into the deposition. Uh, Ghislaine's calling Jeffrey an absolute liar. She says um, she is an absolute liar and everything she said is a lie and therefore everything that stems from that is a lie. Uh, she also said that Jeffrey was a terrible person. Maxwell was also asked repeatedly about a Palm Beach police report detailing Epstein's abuse of 30 underage victims. She says, uh, Maxwell says about that, quote, I can't testify to what the girls said. I can only testify to the fact that I read a police report that stated that. She claimed that she visited Epstein's Florida mansion only a handful of times in 2004 and 2005 when the financier was getting massages several times a day from these girls. Have we heard this defense before? I do certainly remember a former leader of the free world who said, I only did this trip with him and uh, knew him back then. And It's amazing how everybody defaults to the same defense. Well, I wasn't there all the time. I was only there a couple of times. Okay. In one section of the deposition, it appears to refer to Prince Andrew. Maxwell was asked if she introduced Jeffrey to the royal in London or directed her to have sex with the prince. Maxwell replied she had no recollection of a trip with Jeffrey to Europe, despite the highly publicized picture of the three gathered together at Maxwell's London townhouse. Uh, she says, quote, I have never at any time, at any place, in any moment, ever asked Virginia Roberts, or whatever she is called now, to have sex with anybody. She testified that she had discussed the infamous photo with Chris Andrew and that he doesn't even know who Virginia Roberts is. It would be difficult to have sex with someone you don't know, she said. The royal nickname Randy Andy by the press has claimed that he couldn't have had sex with Jeffrey because he was uh, home on the evening in question after a pizza dinner with his daughter. <coughs> Remember that? Now, this is 2016. Since 2016, Prince Andrew's done that interview where he said he doesn't recall ever meeting this young lady and... 
I think it was the BBC reporter slaps the picture in his face. He's like, yeah, what about this picture? He's like, I, I don't know. I, I don't recall yet. So she's going with the same defense. I, I never, we never traveled there. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, but there's a photo. <clears throat> there's a now famous photo about it. So again, I mean, we could all kind of see here. Deniability, you know, trying to be evasive with the questions. There's a lot of tactics that uh, Ghislaine Maxwell is using and trying to deny that this document reached the public was another tactic that she was using. Uh, Maxwell was also questioned about a bizarre incident with a puppet. <clears throat> the socialite and Epstein allegedly used a marionette that looked like uh, that looked like Prince Andrew to grope Jeffrey, while at the same time, Prince Andrew groped another young woman sitting on his lap. Uh, lawyers asked Maxwell, did you use that character to put the hand of the caricature on a redacted person's breast? Maxwell responded, I don't recollect. I recollect the puppet, but I don't recollect anything around the puppet. Uh, lawyers for Jeffrey pressed Maxwell on whether or not she'd hired Jeffrey to give Epstein massages. She says, and I quote, Virginia Roberts Jeffrey held herself out as a masseuse. And listen to the language here. Virginia Roberts Jeffrey held herself out as a masseuse and invited herself to come and give a massage. Um, I'm not asking that question. I'm asking you if you invite. So the lawyer responds. I'm not asking that question. I'm asking if you invited her to come to Jeffrey Epstein's home when she was under the age of 18. Again, Maxwell says, I repeat, she was a masseuse and in the form and as my job, I was to have people who he wanted for various things, including massage. She came as a masseuse. I'm not asking how old, how she held herself out. I'm asking how she arrived at the home. Did you meet her and invite her to come to the home or how did she arrive there? Maxwell answered, Miss Roberts held her to be a masseuse and her mother drove her to the house. Um, then she became enraged. Virginia lied 100% about absolutely everything that took place in that first meeting. She has lied repeatedly, often, and is just an awful fantasist. Later, Maxwell flatly stated she did not remember meeting Jeffrey at Mar-a-Lago despite a 2011 email with Epstein in which Maxwell wrote she recalled meeting Jeffrey, quote, when she was working at a premier resort claiming to be 18 years old and a professional masseuse, end quote. Maxwell also admitted to coordinating with Epstein over a future story in Vanity Fair in 2011 when the British press began to scrutinize Prince Andrew's ties to Epstein. In a June 8th, 2011 email with the subject line Vanity Fair, Maxwell asked Epstein, do you have a problem with anything I said? She claimed under oath that the two were coordinating because I only want to be accurate and factual. I only want to be accurate in any factual statements that I made. In other emails, Maxwell and Epstein working shows them working together to try and discredit Jeffrey's claims. One email, Maxwell Epstein told her, you can issue a reward to any of Virginia's friends, acquaintances, family that come forward to help prove her allegations are fa false. The strongest is the dinner 
and the new version of the Virgin Islands that practiced in an underaged orgy. In another instance, Maxwell forwarded Epstein an email from a third party that appeared to detail how to dodge problems around age consent in the state of Florida. The email read, School can be university. Age of consent in Florida is complex. See below. If you are 16 years old, a sexual relationship with someone between 18 and 24 is legal in Florida. <clears throat> Two persons between 16 and 24, Florida Statute 794.05. A person 24 years or of age or older who engages in sexual activity with a person 16 or 17 years of age commits a felony in the second degree. So at one point she forwarded him an email about age of consent in Florida. I mean, it's crazy. Now, she only agreed to do this deposition at the time because she thought she had this immunity and that it would never see the light of day. But she was wrong, and rightfully so. And I think just goes to show you the lengths and the level at which she will go to to get away with this. In the deposition, Maxwell was asked if she ever had sex with a female whose name was redacted. She is an adult, Maxwell replied. Did you ever have sexual contact with her? The lawyer asked. I've just been instructed not to answer, Maxwell said, adding later, I never had non-consensual sex with anybody. So I don't know if the idea that she's been with women was something that she didn't want out there in the world, um, because I remember them saying that this would reveal some intimate details about her sex life. I don't know if anybody would consider this intimate at this point in 2020, you know, a woman with another woman, uh, you know, or taboo or whatever. Um, but it certainly seems like, you know, her excuse to not have this put out there because of that very reason is, is exactly that. It's just an excuse. Um, so they're on this line of questioning, right? Macaulay's grill and Maxwell on whether or not she took photos of these underage girls and she gave the answer she she did about the grandparents and everything else. Then she loses her cool. I I was alluded to this a second ago. <clears throat> she starts talking about uh, meeting Jeffrey and getting heated. At one point, Macaulay notes, for the record, I'm going to put on the record Miss Maxwell very inappropriately and very harshly pounded our law firm table in an inappropriate manner. I ask that she take a deep breath and calm down. I know this is a difficult position, but physical assault or threats is not appropriate. So no pounding, no stomping. No, that's not appropriate. Maxwell piped up. Can we be clear? I didn't threaten anybody. Um, here's another example of where she was incredibly evasive. At one point, she told the lawyers, she literally says, they were asking her about uh, the, the underage girls and the females, and at one point she says, and I quote here, 
I don't understand what you mean by female. That was her response. During the interrogation, Maxwell was clearly miffed at being questioned by the two lawyers and slammed Roberts as an awful fantasist who had been who had woven a tissue of lies. She refused to answer if Epstein liked having his nipples pinched during sex. And in one explosive exchange, when asked about a scheme to recruit underage girls for sexual massages, Maxwell, Maxwell acts blasé as if being asked about the time she replied, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, then she explodes. First of all, you are trying to trap me. I will not be trapped. You are asking me if I recruit. I told you no. I totally resent and find it disgusting that you use the word recruit. I already told you. I don't know what you are saying about that. And your implication is repulsive. And the underage girls giving the convicted sex offender massages, Maxwell claimed she was merely giving them career advice. I mean, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot here. There's a lot here to unfold. Um, and again, 460-something pages it's it's going to take like days to get through. I, I have not been through the entire thing just yet. As I said, it's on our website. There's a link in this description below for it, anthonyonair.com or in your show notes if you want to go check it out. Um, but I think we're going to see, you know, more and more and more uh, as we pour through this. But there certainly is a whole bunch there. Now, Slate put out an article that they cracked the redactions in the Ghislaine Maxwell deposition. They say that, uh, we talked about Prince Andrew already, Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, and Alan Dershowitz uh, and more are named in this deposition. So they tried to crack the redactions and they named, those are the big named ones. Uh, they also say that Doug Band, Jean-Luc Brunel, who we've discussed before, Sarah Kellen, who we've discussed before. And again, we will we have our link in the description for all of our Ghislaine Maxwell episodes. So you can go back and catch up. If this is the first time you're watching us. Nadia Marcinko, uh, who's very public about her involvement in this. Marvin Minsky, David Rogers, Alfredo Rodriguez, Kevin Spacey, and Leslie Wexner are all named Spacey only once, uh, Marvin Minsky only once, David Rogers twice, multiple times for Alfredo Rodriguez, Leslie Wexner, Sarah Kellen, Jean-Luc Brunel, and only once for Doug Band. In addition to President Clinton, I believe Chelsea Clinton I saw somebody put somewhere because they, they referred to Chelsea just in the manner of her wedding. You know, they were like, did you attend the wedding of so-and-so? And that's where that's where the redactions come into play. So I know a lot of people are like upset, like, hey, why are people going to be allowed to take their names out of this? Well, first of all, Slate took them like 15 minutes to decode most of this. So there's that. Second of all, like, you know, if Ghislaine Maxwell, you know, if somebody brought Ghislaine Maxwell as a date to your wedding, you know, and and you didn't want to be named in this thing, you would have a right. I'm talking about innocent, you know, average Joe you know, if you had nothing to do with any of this, but one of these people came in contact with you or went to your business or, 
you know, attended a premiere or, uh, at a movie and whatever, and you don't want to have the movie involved in any of this sort of press, you would have had your, the right to have your name taken out. It looks like that's what happened here in certain instances. And in certain instances, it just seems like it didn't matter because, like I said, uh, even Slate can decode something like this in just a matter of moments. So there are some of the redacted names. Uh, I find it incredibly interesting that she lost her cool at one point and pounded on the table. Thought it was smart of uh, Jeffrey's lawyers to point that out for the record. Um, you know, if you're innocent of something, a lot of the times you kind of play it cool because you have nothing to worry about if you didn't do anything wrong. You know, you just kind of play it cool. Uh, if you have, if you're trying to keep track of lies and evasive maneuvers, that can be a frustrating enterprise to take part in. And it's easy to find somebody to lose their cool there. Uh, seven hour um, deposition, which by the way, was also recorded. I wonder if we'll ever get to see that. I can't imagine the judges saying that we need to actually see this deposition. Um, I don't know if that's all part of this. Having this all out in the public record makes sense to me. Actually showing the deposition. I don't know if they could argue for that or what the necessity would be behind that. But I do think that at I just... In the next 50 years, I don't foresee any situation where we don't actually get to see this tape someday and actually get to see her uh, losing her cool and what that was like. Because, you know, you could read a lot of these things, but it's all in the flexion, inflection and tone of voice. And does does she scratch her nose? You know, is she cover her mouth during a lie? All that sort of thing that, uh, you know, people that are covering up lies usually do, you know, does does that show itself in the actual video footage of this deposition? We'll have to see. But I like that he pointed out, the lawyer, that the lawyer pointed out, hey, let the record show that she pounded on the table. That's Because that's important. As you could tell today, it's one of the things that we focused on, the fact that she uh, lost her cool here a little bit. Again, you know, the, there wasn't, you know, a new big name here. There wasn't sort of this intimate detail that I think that she was claiming that there was. I mean, that's the buzz that we had heard for the longest time. That's the line of defense that her lawyer used, you know, that it's, there's intimate details here and we shouldn't be putting that out and blah, blah, blah. I don't know if we really saw that other than the basket of adult toys and whether or not Epstein liked his nipples pinched. And, you know, there was some of that stuff in there. That uh, that we didn't know exactly, but um, I don't know if this was the bombshell that we had been expecting. Now, that to, to say that, at the same time, again, we're talking about a lot of victims here, a lot of young girls that had these horrible things done to them, and any bit of information like this points that picture out. It paints that picture a little bit better so that you can get an idea of how it all worked, how they operated, what happened, you know, what went on, you know, and that's super important to building a case against Ghislaine that will ultimately hopefully be some redemption for some of these, uh, some of these now young ladies, you know? So, um, I think there was a lot that was explained in here. Janine, a lot of the time she always opined about 
Would she get paid for this? Would she get paid for this? 100000 200000 If that was a yearly salary, which I believe it was, you know, it's a good amount of money. Probably not the amount of money that a lot of people thought it was going to be. Uh, he bought her a house. She said she paid it back. Again, there's no way of knowing whether that happened or not. Um, she was gifted cars, it said, you know. So I think that in itself is also telling because I don't know if there was somebody that was exactly doing this for the money, you know. Uh, you know, you can have somebody, you know, somebody who uh, robs a store or uh, robs a bank uh, you know, because they're trying to feed their family. It's a crime and it's not a good thing, but you understand the motive, right? Somebody that doesn't need the money and robs a bank and does horrible things um, without that need of money to survive, I feel like that's even more horrible. You know what I mean? You arrest a guy because he broke into a store to, you know, steal bread or whatever, or, you know, runs out on a, on a, a meal, paying the bill, whatever it is, to feed uh, his family. Okay. You know, um, but to have somebody who's just a professional thief, that's a worse person, if you ask me. So if you have this person who's not reliant on the money, is there's not really a lot of money exchanged there. To me, that's, that paints a worse picture. That paints a more deranged individual, you know? Now, you might be saying, Ann, 100000 a year, $200,000, that's a lot of money. That's, but yeah, it is a lot of money. Um, but when you're talking about the fact that this guy has hundreds of millions and private jets and six homes, and this is kind of how he operates, that's not that much money. You know, that's not that much money. And... If we do go to find out that it was only he gave her 200000 to kind of set up the whole thing and pay the whole thing, like here's two hundred grand as a retainer, go decorate my houses and hire my cooks and such, then that, that proves my point and makes my argument even more, you know? It's just crazy to me. I mean, it's just crazy to me. And her, the fact that she eluded those questions and was evasive about it and denied that she recruited and got mad or angry about that she's distancing herself and i don't know what jeffrey did i mean it paints a wildly different picture than the one that we've been seeing from uh the media who's been writing primarily based on what they've been hearing from the alleged victims you know and i say alleged only because i don't want to get sued but these are victims these are victims and this case was settled and we know that we don't know what the terms were uh and we'll never know um, but there's still a lot of work to be done with that. We talked about the fact that a fund was set up similar to the fund that was set up for 9-11 and that the exact same people that were handling the 9-11 victims fund are now handling this and getting victims money as compensation for what happened to them when they were younger. So there's just so much craziness to unravel here. And there's just a lot of information and a lot of interesting exchanges. Again, you can see the full documents for yourself on our website at anthonyonair.com. It's, it's in the blog section. You scroll down or just click on blog on the top or it's in the, the, the show notes for this episode for sure, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher or Spotify, or you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook. Appreciate it. Make sure you hit the thumbs up, by the way, on Facebook or YouTube and uh, share it on your social media if you can. Um, but again, I haven't gotten through everything yet. 
Um, we got this just, uh, you know, we did get this a few hours ago, but it's taken a long time to, to, to read through all these pages. And so I wouldn't be surprised if our next episode is a continuation of more things that were found out uh, as we dive further into these documents. Again, she's set for trial for summer of 2021, July of 2021. Um, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of things to be discussed, especially since Slate is redacting some names as people continue to investigate what's happening here. We'll get some more information on all that. And I also think that, you know, we need to kind of like take a second and throw some claps over to Judge Preska, who saw through all of her attempts to keep these things quiet and decided to release this information anyway, because we all know that that knowledge, that information is the power. And the more that they put out there, the more this whole thing will be exposed for what it is, which a lot of us feel is bigger than just Ghislaine and Jeffrey on her own. You know, a lot of people think there's a lot more to that. I believe there's certainly more to that. I believe certainly government officials were involved. And I think that if you're going to expose those people, you need to have as much information out in the public as possible. So kudos to the judge in this particular case for putting some of this material out. You know, if you were underwhelmed by what it was, I mean, you really shouldn't be. There's, real, there's a lot of stuff in there. Um, but also keep in mind, it's paving the way for other information that may be coming to light one day. And because this came out, it'll make more sense to release other, other bits of material. So it's important to keep that in mind as well. A little bit of a different episode today because we didn't have Frankie C and JSABs here with us um, or my wife. Uh, but this was uh, the kind of thing where it was really just not a lot of you know, not a lot we can throw on top of it. It was more just like, here's what's in here kind of stuff. So uh, that's why uh, everybody kind of got the day off on the podcast today. Uh, but certainly we look forward to coming back and bringing you our normal podcast, which is a lot of information and insight, but also some entertainment, uh, a fun look at the day's events when we can throw in some lighter stuff and some fun stuff and entertain you, distract you for some of the horrible things in the world like this. Um, I know politics is getting super hot right now and a lot of people want to avoid that. We want to be there for you in that instance. So uh, know that the normal uh, podcast episodes, there's plenty of those still to come. And of course, whenever there's information on Ghislaine or this Epstein thing, I've been obsessed with this now for months and keeping my eye on it. I will never ignore any part of that. We'll always give you that information and then try and entertain you and make you laugh after that with a couple of different topics. So that's our podcast. Appreciate you guys watching. If this is your first time, again, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and hit the bell to get notifications on Facebook. Hit the like button and hover over it so that you're seeing our posts first. It's important that you do that. If not, we will get buried and you'll never get to see our episodes as they come out. Same thing on uh, your favorite podcast app, whether you got an iPhone or Google phone or Samsung or whatever, make sure you're subscribed on Spotify, Stitcher. We're on all the big networks. Make sure you're subscribed so that our episodes automatically come to your device and you can check them out as we put them out. I want to thank our good sponsors over at Hero Soap Company for doing a tremendous job making the best soap I've ever tried. You can save 20% off on a subscription right now by using the promo code Anthony. Click on the link in the description below 
or the banner on the homepage of anthonyonair.com. Grab some soaps. They ship super well. They're in this uh, wonderful weatherproof case, so it'll get to you nice and fresh when you crack that open. Just take a whiff. It's unbelievable, the aroma in here. And they don't use any chemicals. They don't use any parabands. That basically keeps the soap fresh because soap will go bad when you make it right. Like if you kept this for like 10, 15 years, it's going to go bad as it should. You know, bread should go bad. You know, Twinkies are the only thing that should last, uh, you know, for 50 years. Twinkies is it. That's it. And I wouldn't really put many of those in my body. Although, as you can see, I have. Point is this. This is amazing. There's no parabands in it. There's nothing you have to worry about. It's all natural. It smells amazing. It cleans even better. And as I said earlier, when you buy a bar, they send a bar over to an active member of the military. When you buy a bar, part of the proceeds go to help build homes for veterans um, coming back from serving for us and our freedoms here in America. So it's an extraordinary company who make a great product, which I love win-win all around and of course when you buy from them it helps support our podcast here which we greatly do appreciate so grab a couple of bars of soap they've got some new shower gels and some gift items to talk about as we head into the holidays we'll be getting into that for sure but I want to thank our pals over at hero soap company for being great partners again 20 percent off a subscription when you use that promo code anthony on their site use our links though uh, so that we can uh, be counted and get the credit for that. Pleasure hanging with you directly. As I said, JSABs, Frankie C, they'll be back at some point. Get all the links and information on our website. Of course, link directly to the um, document itself at anthonyonair.com. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode.